This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, welcome back to the Rabbi Peretz podcast. We are on this incredible journey about emotional maturity, this seven-week journey from one holiday to the next, from the holiday of leaving our limitations and the slavery that we find ourselves in, and going into the journey of instruction and blueprint to building the world known as Shavuot, the holiday where we received our Jewish mission with the Torah. And in order to get there, we have to have true emotional maturity. We have to build ourselves up as people who could be free, who can have a lens to this world and understand why we have the impulses we do and have the connections to the world that we have. So week one, of course, the first emotion to work on is the emotion of love and kindness because love is the emotion that allows us to connect to the world. Our second emotion is that of discipline and restraint and strength, learning how to harness our gifts to bring to the world. Week number three, the most important week, was about binding those together and creating compassion, creating empathy, and more importantly, creating beauty in the world around us. Week number four, last week, was all about endurance, being able to get through things while uplifting the people around you and not only blazing a trail, but blazing a trail that others can follow and be a part of. Week number five is once again, we recognize that with all this said, we need a healthy dose of humility in order to really grow. Humility is not making less of yourself. Humility is actually when you know who you are. After all, it's already after weeks of work and getting closer to your identity and your emotional maturity. So humility in context of your other growth is about knowing yourself and thus truly appreciating what you have in life. No matter how you deem it, small or large, truly appreciating what you have is the essence of humility. In tradition, it says that Moses was the most humble of men. It's a strange line, seeming that Moses was one of the great leaders of Jewish people, so much so that we say every great leader has a bit of Moses in in him and has a Moses in them. So the idea that Moses being humble, how's the greatest leader splitting the sea, receiving the Torah, remain humble? It's because every night he went to sleep with the idea that I have this incredible job and this incredible part of my life that I must excel in. But if somebody else had the same calling and somebody else got this job, God chose them, they'd probably do it better. He had this incredible humility to recognize that even though he had this incredible life happening, it doesn't mean that he's doing the best at it and he has to check himself all the time. And at the same time, he has to appreciate that he was chosen to see this through and he has this incredible mission. This is where we're at in life. This point where we have to stop seeing less of ourselves, but seeing and having confidence in what we have to offer to this world. If endurance is all about what I bring out there, humility is all about how I see myself in this context. And being able to truly see yourself is the path towards great gratitude. When you're able to really see that I am defined based on my actions and based on my thoughts and based on what I work on myself and how I make myself a vessel for more in this world, you're able to make yourself available for much more than you immediately perceive. At the peak of this week, at the purest form of humility, is a day called Lagba Omer. It's the 33rd day of counting. 
This Lagba Omer, maybe it's the most important holiday you never heard of, but it's quite incredible. This holiday is celebrated in Israel and all over the world with bonfires and with children playing with bows and arrows. This is a Jewish holiday. And it is also the holiday that is the beginning of the journey of the Zohar, of the main books of Kabbalah. Some call it the New Year's for Kabbalah is on Lagba Omer on this day. At the center of this day is the year 149 of the Common Era. The place is Israel, specifically the resting place of Rabbi Shimon in Meiron, which is a small little town right near Tzafat in the north. And the main hero of the story is Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon is a guy who, up until a certain point of his life, is a very difficult sage. This is the generation of sages, not prophets. The people who are molding the future of the Jewish people, who have in mind entirely what the Jewish future is going to be about. They're completely and utterly connected to what the future is, and thus they weigh every one of their words, everything they're about. It's incredible. It's, a, it's, it's an actually incredible time to read about for the Jewish people. This is where the Mishnah and the Talmud is created. Okay? So the hardest line of reasoning at that time is how to balance religious dedication without a temple, of course, and in the new world that they're living in under Roman occupation or under Roman rule, and the pursuit of their worldly goals against their religious goals. Essentially, how do you be a Jew in the world while connecting to your religion? This is an incredible question that we have till today. It's an, it's a very modern question. So that's the connection between where we're holding now and what that world was that we find Rabbi Shimon in. The ancient high priest, Rabbi Yishmael, his position, which almost everybody accepted at the time, was actually that the working human who makes a living is the right type of person because we have to be engrossed in the world for personal development and residing in the country and figuring out how to be in the land that we are as a showcase for our religious life. Rabbi Shimon, on the other hand, had a full rejection of that. In his mind, one had to completely bind themselves with Torah and with God. That was where they belonged. So how is he the hero of this day of humility? How is he the seed component of Kabbalah, of better self-help and what we're all about in this world today? Well, the journey happens as follows. He's hanging out with a couple of his rabbi dude friends, a couple of dudes and sages, and they're having a discussion about that time. And each one chooses their inherent position. One says, Rabbi Yehuda says, the Romans have done great things. After all, they've modernized our road systems and our society. There was another rabbi, Rabbi Yossi. He remained silent. He's like, no comment, people. Rabbi Shimon goes right at them. This is the physical world that they're building. They're doing it just for themselves, just to pleasure themselves, just to feel good about themselves. That is not my world. Now, this private conversation made it to the way of the powers that be, the Roman powers in charge, and they decided to reward this Reb Yehuda with saying that the Romans were doing good things and making him the head of the academy. Reb Yossi, for remaining silent, they exiled, and Reb Shimon, they decided that he would be executed, which is... Interesting, again, because right before Reb Shimon, the previous generation of rabbis actually were all, the 10 main rabbis of that previous generation were executed by the Romans and other ways to squash Jewish rebellion. You could read about that in something called the 10 Martyrs. And Rabbi Shimon, instead of accepting martyrdom as his teachers did, went into hiding. 
He went into hiding for 12 long years. Together, accompanied by, with his son, he was in a cave, in a spiritual oasis, and they sat and studied the mystical secrets of the universe all day and all night. When they came out after 12 years, there was incredible shock. They came out and they expected the world should change. 12 years, you disappear from the world and you refine yourself and work on yourself and go deeper and deeper into the minds and philosophies and thoughts and mysticism of the divine and Torah. And when they come out to the world, the world is exactly the same. Elie Wiesel makes in this incredibly harrowing parallel between that moment of Rabbi Shimon coming out and Holocaust survivors, those who did manage to survive the camps, the concentration camps. They come out to the world, and you know what the worst thing was? The world was exactly the same. That's how this feeling was. And just like Rabbi Shimon, they had a choice. Do they condemn the world? Do they burn the world and tell them, how dare you sit here silent while what we went through, we went through? Rabbi Shimon starts condemning every person he meets, and a voice comes out from heaven and says, Rabbi Shimon, do not condemn my children. And he goes back into the cave for one more year. And when he comes out, he's a profoundly changed person. That one more year was dedicated to only one thing, humility. What does it mean to be an individual in God's world? What does it mean to be a truly unique person in the world? He always maintained that he was a step above and lived in his own little universe. But after those 13 years, when he came back to the world, he took his role with a whole new vigor. Instead of seeing himself as elevated and thus beyond, thus beyond, he decided to become somebody who would be a proponent of Jewish freedom and became a political hero. He went to Rome to ask for betterment for Jewish people. He did all kinds of incredible things. But the most important thing that he did was learn to teach and elevate people around him. In fact, the last day of his life, on today's day in the calendar, Lagba Omer, the 33rd day, Humility Day, he gave away his biggest secrets of all. And his secret was, how can one be a witness and a testament to the incredible feat of spiritual and physical life coming together? How does one see what this world really is behind the surface? Having humility means knowing that there's a bigger plan happening and we're just playing our role, each person with a unique role to play. He was able to teach this and thus inspired that on this day, instead of mourning the death of this great man, we would ju thus just start beginning to celebrate his vision for each one of us in the future and in the world to come. For us to each have an incredible role to play in this world and play this incredible in-between between being fully soul and fully body at the same time. We celebrate this day with bonfires, fire representing the soul and passion non-stop wanting to go up and go beyond even the food that feeds me. But at the same time, also being able to be fully happy, whereas joy is about accepting my role in this earth and truly being happy. As we spoke about previous weeks, about the idea of having joy as a status emanating from humility, emulating from believing that who I am is good enough and what my opportunities are are fantastic enough for me to finish and succeed in my personal meaning in life. The reason why children play with bow and arrow, there was a psychology of sword, of always lunging forward, whereas a bow and arrow is about reaching deep within to go further away. It's not so much about your enemy, but about your reach. These ideas have become part of the spiritual service of the Hasidic Jewish people, and now the world at large. We remember Rabbi Shimon as somebody who straddled the two worlds, somebody who was above it, but brought us up to it. 
and we may be below him, but we now have the roadmap of how to get there by using humility and seeing ourselves as not even too humble to be humble, feeling like I am the person who could actually maximize my potential on earth and really seeing myself as capable, I am truly humble and truly available to others having their role while I have my own. So with that, I wish you a happy Lagba Omer. Take the idea, the idea of lag, which if you turn the letters around are gal, a mound to stand on, or gal enai, a source to open our eyes and confront what's beyond. We take Elie Wiesel's words of leaving the Holocaust, and he says, just like Rabbi Shimon had to go a second time in order to get the message, we did not have to go a second time. When we came out, instead of burning the world with contempt, we built the world and a future Jewish generations. That is our pride. That is our humility to continue going on and to continue building our world. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Hanan, for our audio. And thank you, Miriam, for being the voice of the Rabbi Parrots podcast. Yeah.